0: Hello. Hey, hey. Hi.
1: here he is. How you doing? Good, how are you? All right. Thanks so much. I'm sorry for keeping you waiting.
0: No worries. How is the weather there? Where are you where exactly?
1: So where we are, are just outside of London. We're basically London. Um, in a town called Watford. In fact, we just had Trump over here in our town. Oh,
0: you poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> and we apologize for our president. Uh what is where, my family and I are thinking coming to London maybe uh in the middle of the Christmas holiday. you think that's a good idea or a bad idea? That's a great idea. Yeah, it's a yeah. good
2: idea, but not for the shops.
0: No, the, everything's going to be closed, but uh, will there be theatre? Will there be, like, what, oh, yeah. what stays
1: open on Christmas? Yeah, theatre runs all the time, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, other than Christmas Day itself, right. you, you're good. I mean, and you'll have some good shopping come Boxing Day as well. It'll just be horrendously busy, you know.
0: Right, and 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 the weather?
1: Uh, terrible. Free, Absolutely. Freezing, freezing <laughs> cold. Well, no snow, though. It'll just be cold and wet. Okay. How does, that, right. how does that sound? How does
0: that grab you? <laughs> uh, well, it sounds like what you'd want from a London Christmas, I think. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Excellent.
2: Can we just do a, a really short intro, if you just introduce yourself and say uh, what, what you did?
0: Okay. Uh, my name is Jake Hogan, and I was one of the uh, original writers of The Simpsons. Perfect. So,
1: Jay, lately I've been re-watching The Simpsons. It's turning 30 this year, which is pretty unbelievable. And I was thinking about how old you would have been when The first Simpsons first aired. Would I be right in thinking you, you probably would have been about 26-ish? 25. 25. Yeah. So you were 25 when the first episode aired. Um, right. But The Simpsons existed in a series of shorts on The Tracy Ullman Show before about two years before that. Is that
0: right? Right. And we uh, I'd, I'd worked on that show as well. Mm. Um, so, yes. it was a, It was a different thing. For sure, but yes, they, they existed because um, originally what happened was Matt Groening, uh, we had cartoonists do a little in-between cartoons between our sketches. And one of them uh, that we were interested in was Matt Groening uh, who uh, had a cartoon strip called Life in Hell. And so 20th Century Fox said, hey, just put Life in Hell and animate that. And uh, he wisely said, uh, no, because 20th Century Fox would then own his comic strip. And he said, Instead, why don't we do this? And he drew some stick figures on a napkin. And then he, he just called them The Simpsons. He didn't know what it was going to be. He just said, do this. And then they said, OK. And then that's what The Simpsons became. They said, you could own this dumb drawing, not my beautiful uh, life in hell comic strip. Amazing. And that's what happened. Yeah.
1: So were you involved in the writing back then or was it purely for the for the half hour Primetime stuff.
0: I was, we were, my partner and I, Wally Waldarzky, were writing sketches for the show, and we were sort of around watching them make that those little shorts and uh, running into people every now and then. There was a guy named Paul Germain who was mostly uh, a, a producer who was kind of responsible for making those things happen on the show. Uh, but no, we didn't write those. We just sort of watched them and watched people sort of like them, especially people in our studio audience when we showed the cartoons back they really seem to enjoy the Simpsons and Jim Brooks being no dummy said we should probably make a show about that wise man yes it was wise man good choice
1: so one thing I think uh, surprised me was everybody seemed to like it but Tracy Ullman I believe
0: didn't that's right she did not like it at all (laughs) Uh, I would uh, say that uh, no she refused to be a voice on the show she uh, 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 had no part in it, kind of didn't like it, but but uh, th- there you go. And so, uh, you know what? It, it, it to be fair, she didn't care about the cartoons. She was uh, making a sketch show where she got to play different characters and got to uh, you know use sing and dance and do all that. Kind of, that was the show to her. And this cartoon was uh, not that important. So fair enough. and and by the way, there were like several other cartoons on the show that also sort of went away and nobody cared about and was fine. This one just happened to be the one we picked up on and made into a show and she didn't, uh, get it. I mean, she, she meant, she probably got it pretty quickly after it aired, but, uh, she didn't get it right away.
1: Well, good night, son.
0: Um, dad, Yeah. what is the mind? Is it just a system of impulses or is it something
2: tangible?
1: Relax. What is mind? No matter. What is matter? Never mind.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Dad.
1: Good night, son. So the first four seasons—that was that was your—that was your gig, wasn't it? Series one to four, so up till about yeah ninety yeah, three ish. Right. Um, how did it feel when you were first writing those first few series? Did it feel like was it exciting? Did you feel like you were like changing comedy or anything?
0: Oh god, no. Uh, we just felt like we were having a good time. Uh, we didn't think this show would be a revolution. We just thought it'd be goofy. Uh, we actually thought we 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 were lucky that the 20th Century Fox said they would make 13 episodes of the show. So that's good. And so we thought we had 13 episodes to write of this weird cartoon. Um, and was especially freeing for my partner and I, because we'd been writing sketches. For several years, and the sketches, you know, take place in generally one set, one room, um, and it was just uh, it's confining as a writer. Suddenly, you can write cartoon where you can write uh, a, a small line in a brand new location, and they'll they'll make it. So the storytelling was a lot more free. We could go anywhere and do anything, and have you know hundreds of people in the episode instead of two. Uh, so that was loads of fun. But we didn't think we were uh, revolutionizing TV at all. We just thought we were just making a, a funny cartoon that would make us laugh.
1: So there wasn't any pressure then, because there was no expectation.
0: Well, we had hopes. Uh, the people making it were hoping to, to spend millions of dollars to not write to create a flop. <laughs> but my, the rest of us were just thinking, well, we hope it'll go uh, come out well. But for the most part, we weren't calculating anything because that's a fool's errand. We can't. You cannot calculate a hit. You, you, No one knows what will be a hit. Uh, but you just try to make the best thing you can.
1: And, and do you have a sort of a memory of when you realized that it was a success and that you were on to a winner? And what was that like for you?
0: Oh, it was amazing. I do have a memory. When we premiered our uh, the first episode they showed, which was uh, the seventh episode we made, a Christmas episode or something like that, um, it was a big deal. A lot of people watched it and a lot of people liked it. And almost instantly from that moment, it was a gigantic thing. Like from the first time we showed it, it was breaking records at the the network and everybody was talking about it. And it was, it was, you can tell when you're on a show like that or when something big happens, when, when if you were involved in star Wars, the day it, it opened, you'd say, okay, (laughs) this is a big deal. A lot of people are coming to the theater. It's, it's uh, having a real impact. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger. Same with The Simpsons. A few months after it aired, uh, you know, the products started coming out and uh, bootleg T-shirts and uh, people were talking about it in the news and it was just like, he was in the culture in a way that nothing I had done before had been in the culture. Uh, not that I'd done that much, but you know, it's 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 a very interesting ride to see how when something gets picked up, it's it's big. And then you also can see the decline over the years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're glad you said that first. You know? Well, we're, I think we'll probably come to that. Um, but what I was um, really interested in was um, Robbie and I have noticed this over the years, and I'm sure it's been written about loads. But I always noticed the the in the writing. There's this sort of three act joke. Um, I'm thinking particularly like to pick an example out of the air would be um, when Homer and Mindy are ordering room service and Mr. Burns's office, the buzzer goes and Smithers says somebody's ordering room service to the charging it to the company.
0: Someone is charging room service to the company, sir.
1: Which is funny enough that Mr. Burns would have a buzzer in his office to alert him. But right. th- but then Mr. Burns then says, Well, we'll see about that, and releases these flying monkeys, which is another step on it. Well, we'll just see about that.
2: Fly, my pretties.
1: Fly! But then to top it off, like the cherry on the cake, is that they crash to the floor below and cars crash, and he says, Continue the research.
0: Uh, continue the research.
1: It's like this magic three acts to it. Like one of those jokes is enough. But so what? my question, I guess, is like, how do you how do you nail that? How do you build on that?
0: Well, I mean, it's again, it is not a not a formalized process. You have a concept and you can keep going on any concept forever and ever if you want to. I mean, that joke. Uh, could have gone on beyond that. We could yeah. have gone down the street. We could have saw the monkeys in the monkey hospital. We could have gone, you know. There's a lot of things that could have happened after that, but, you know, we have to go back to the story eventually. So it, it depends on how many good jokes you can squeeze out of that moment and whether it's worth it, whether it's worth the detour. Sometimes a lot of jokes are written that aren't shot or that we cut or that we change. Um, so it's, it's not, um, there's no magic formula to it. It's just, Uh, If you're writing and you have a flight of fancy and you're writing a cartoon, you can do it. You can say, release the flying monkeys. (laughs) uh, A lot of shows I work on, that's not an option. I wouldn't be able to show the flying monkeys on Frasier. Um, (laughs) They're not going to pay for them, Uh, the the CG of them or anything like that. So it's, yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's just the nature of cartoons and the nature of uh, uh, cartoons being broader and you can suspend disbelief in a different kind of a way. It's kind of the same way that Family Guy cuts away to their jokes all the time. And, uh, you know, so it's it's something you can do in cartoons that you can't do very well other places. Um, <clears throat> I
2: had a kind of question following on from that, actually. So you mentioned that, you know, the jokes kind of go and go and and it's like an idea that can can, can be run with. There's certain episodes, two of which come to mind, which is A Streetcar Named Marge and my I think my personal favourite Simpsons episode ever, which is Homer at the Bat, both of which heavily reference um, source material like Streetcar Named Desire and I believe it was a film called The Natural. So for the writing process for those kind of things, is it that someone comes in and goes, hey, I've got an idea for this episode based on this and then you run with it for the whole episode or, or is it still more of a piecemeal approach
0: the, the people who wrote uh Homer at the Bat uh Ken Levine and David Isaacs both love baseball and uh Ken Levine is a semi-professional baseball announcer so he wanted to do a show that was involved baseball and involved uh Springfield uh, uh well it wasn't Springfield but it was the uh the neighboring town getting a mascot uh the Homer becoming the mascot of a neighboring town and that was the idea. The idea was about baseball. And then once we started writing the shows, we took moments of famous baseball things, including The Natural, and put it in the show. So the idea for the show came first, not the idea for what, uh, what cultural icon could we make fun of. Streetcar named Mar- uh, Marge was you know, uh, about public theater, about Marge sort of getting involved in, in community theater. Uh, and being distracted from the family—that's the story. And then the, the 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 bow that was put around it was to to make a musical out of Streetcar Named Desire. Uh, so that was the the funny part. Uh, but we we didn't it didn't come with Streetcar Named Desire first. all comes together gradually yeah I mean, when we're writing a scene for example there's a scene in i saw it recently in a show called bart the daredevil that uh, my partner and i wrote and uh, bart is riding a skateboard and he's going to jump over a, 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 a canyon and it starts with the sequence starts with bart in the very very distance you can't see him uh and then slowly he's riding towards the camera on a skateboard and it's uh, we thought we'd take the images of Lawrence of Arabia and make that the thing that, that looks like Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia is on a camel in the distance and he comes closer and closer.
2: Where is he? I thought he said noon. Oh, he's just doing this to build a suspense. Whoa, what a showman. Look, there he is.
0: So we just stole it for no particular other than we just thought it was a very interesting image and great for this particular moment and it's in our heads and we put it in it it, but it came after the idea it didn't it wasn't the reason for the show
2: you just touched on something there which i think is really interesting because you say you know that's the way the scene came together and i one of the things i absolutely love about early simpsons is the amount of niche references pop culture references that are in there uh, one um, that I know you worked on was um, "Old Money," where Grandpa Grandpa gets loads of money from B, and there's that scene where he's sitting in the diner, which is the Nighthawks, Edward Hopper thing. Right, and is that the kind of same thing that you just kind of come up with these ideas as, as as it's going along?
0: Yeah, it's exactly right. So we've gotta do a diner, you know, we've got a lot of different diners to choose from. Barry Levinson's diner, we can do the Edward Hopper Diner. We could there's yeah. lots of different things that we could do. And um, you know, early on, a couple episodes in, you the Simpsons, it's all fresh, it's all new. You haven't done it before. By thirty years in, you've covered everything. <laughs> so it's a lot harder to do that kind of stuff. But it was more fun for us. Also the references we were making in 1989 about movies that were, had come out in 1972, the audience was more familiar with than, you know, now in 2019 or 2020, that's a much greater distance. And some of the, a lot of the audience hasn't seen a lot of those movies. So I don't know if they'd get the joke.
2: Mm -hmm. Hey, McBain, you keep eating them hotlings. You're never going to make it to a pension. Come on, live a little, Scoy. No, thank you. Got me a future, partner. I'm two days away from retirement. My daughter's graduating from college. Little Susie's going up. And as soon as we nail Mendoza, my old lady and I are going to sail around the world like we always wanted. We just christened
1: a boat. Oh, yes, sir. Everything's going to be just... Per- I've been watching a lot of Series 1 lately, and you forget about a lot of the early characters that start to get introduced. Were there any that you were solely responsible for, or do you have a general idea, like, we need a police officer, we need a lawyer, etc.?
0: Well, every episode we create characters and... They'd stick around. Then we try to reuse characters that were already created. So yeah, we're, we, with my partner and I, created uh, Lenny and Carl, and we created Sherry and Terry, and we created Smithers and Burns, and we created uh, Grandpa Simpson, and we created uh, Sideshow Bob, and we created. I mean, there're literally hundreds of characters we created uh, that were just some Kent Brockman, and we, we. There, there are tons and tons of them, but. They were often just one line or one joke or one moment, and then over time they became bigger bigger deals uh, because other people then used them, you know? Yeah. The creation of the character isn't a full-blown creation often in each script. It's a development over time.
1: Do you, have a, do you have a favorite?
0: Uh, Homer is my favorite character. I mean, uh, the, 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 to be able to write for Homer, I didn't create Homer, but uh, Homer is the most fun to write because he's an idiot. It's fun to write an
1: <laughs> idiot. I, I nearly said write what you know, but that's one an insult.
0: <laughs> no, it is write what you know. <laughs> like, you take your most base instinct and put it down on paper, and that's Homer.
2: <laughs> Dailing, how could you? Haven't you learned anything from that guy who gives those sermons at church? Captain, what's his name? We live in a society of laws. Why do you think I took you to all those police academy movies? For fun?
1: Well, I didn't hear anybody laughing. Did you? Except that that guy who made sound effects. Hog <laughs> <Hug>, hog! <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? Oh, yeah. Stay out of my booze. When you started out, James L. Brooks said to you, don't worry if you've already seen it, we're doing it differently. And I was wondering, like, these days, everything seems to have been done, mostly by The Simpsons. Um, and I was wondering, like, what's on TV today that, that still feels fresh and new and exciting to you?
0: Well, um, so many things. I just I just watched The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. It's uh, I, I'm a big fan of Star Wars. I'm a big fan of Zatuichi, uh which I think he took uh, John Favreau seemed to take a lot of. Uh, do you know Zatuichi, the baby cart, the Japanese baby cart movies? No,
2: is that the blind thing? Is Pardon he, me. Is he blind? Is it a blind? That's samurai? the
0: blind. There's another one called the baby cart, Lone Wolf and Cub, where he's uh, there's a guy, a samurai who's has a baby, <laughs> and the he fights he fights people, but he's in charge of the baby. This is the Mandalorian uh, is in charge of a baby and still has to fight and it's very interesting. So it's, I think he, that's where they took it. It seems like some weird combination of Sergio Leone, Star Wars and the baby card movies. So, uh, but it's very cool. And, and um, I'm watching, you know, lots of stuff on uh, on, on platform, on streaming platforms and on uh, TVs, you know, cable. and uh, it's, you know, Silicon Valley is funny um you know there's lots of good stuff on on tv and lots of really interesting dramas and everything's it's it's a golden age of tv it really is
1: speaking of golden age um it's a nice little segue here um <laughs> it's often considered that the golden age of the simpsons was series one to eight let's say um and then public opinion seems to dip off a little bit after that i was wondering what's your what's your take on the the criticism post golden age
0: i think that if you opened the greatest restaurant in your city and everybody started eating there and said the food was incredible by the eighth year they'd say "Ah, eh, let's not eat there anymore it's just okay i'm sick of that place Um, And I think that's what happened to The Simpsons. The Simpsons is a great restaurant serving great food and has been serving great food for 30 years and people just got used to it. It The show hasn't gotten worse. The, The audience has just gotten used to it. And that's not fair for the writers. Yes, every now and then there's a crappy episode and every now and then they didn't do the best they could do, but consistently for 30, I watched the show a lot and it's really good, you know? I mean it's really terrific and always something funny and always something interesting and uh clever and you know, still taking on today's culture, whatever that is. They move, they, they they grow. I don't know. I think it's pretty good. And I'd say the same thing about South Park and the same thing about Family Guy. They're still good shows, even though the format is something we've all gotten used to.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really, really interesting way of looking at it as well. Like I never really thought about it like that. I do think South Park is a good reference, though, because I just think as that becomes more satirical and more uh, current affairs related, it kind of just it doesn't seem like there's an end in sight for that show because human history
0: is still going on. Well, I feel the same way about The Simpsons. We, you know, when 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 we do a, a high school flashback show, um, uh, then we are we're just doing it from flashing back from the day we're making it. So the flash, the you know Homer and Marge. If Homer's 35, uh, you know he he went to high school 20 years before that. Um, so in in we'd be making fun of the year 2000 instead of the year you know 1960, you know whatever or, or uh, 70. And the, everything keeps changing. Who the president is, the problems, the stuff that we're worried about about the uh, uh, the environment or. Or, or the politics, or the culture, or the internet, or w- how we live, changes, and it's fodder for art, always. So it's it's still good for The Simpsons. The Simpsons definitely takes on new ideas and new things as often as they can. They they have to. They've done 30 years of everything else.
1: So do you think it could keep running for another 30?
0: I think it absolutely could. It won't, but it could. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the people it won't, uh, the people who make it <laughs> won't live that long. So <laughs> I don't think it'll happen, but, uh, it's, it, they, they're very talented. They're excellent. I mean, I quit that show a long time ago and it's still great. I thought, you know, and then I'm, I'm always impressed. I'm more impressed now that I don't work on it to see what they do rather than when I did work there and I saw all the mistakes and the things that were bad. How come you did quit working on it? Um, well, I wanted to try to do other things. It's fun to make an animated TV show, but it's also fun to work with live actors. It's fun to uh, work on movies and single camera shows and uh, you know uh, different kinds of, of, of worlds and different kind of career choices. I think if you work in one place for 30 years, you have to have a certain kind of mentality. And uh, I, I thought it'd be a more interesting life to do a lot of different things. I know it's a great show and you love it and how can anyone leave it? But, <laughs> Uh,
1: yeah, my next just, question was, "What's
0: wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but I mean, it's like it's it's you you unless you uh, that that might be a good choice for you, but for me, it's uh, it's not a good choice. Everybody thinks you know, if, it's like it's like breaking up with a girlfriend who you didn't love, but everybody else did. You sort of say, <laughs> uh, "Why didn't you stick with her?" Well, it wasn't good for me. Uh, so there you go. Um, were you were you approached for the movie? No, they didn't approach me for the movie. What the hell? Yeah, what the hell? Uh, no, they, I, I was not approached for the movie. I I think when they started making that movie, the people who wrote it were still weren't old timers. They were still kind of more involved. Uh, so like John Vitti and George Meyer, George Meyer was still there, Al Jean and Mike Reese were still there. Um, so the you know, John Vitti was still writing episodes, so they were still involved in the show. Twentieth Century Fox presents <gasps> <laughs> the greatest Simpsons family adventure of all time.
1: What are you doing now, Jay? What's your current kind of work? And is there anything? Uh,
0: currently, I just finished uh, working on a show called uh, School of Rock, based on the movie School of Rock. Uh, it was a musical show for Nickelodeon. And then I'm now uh, developing pilots with a lot of other people in a lot of other places trying to get my next show on the air. So that's what I'm doing.
1: That sounds very exciting. Yeah, can you tell it us? Is. Can you tell us anything about them or not? Uh,
0: well, it would sound like uh, 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 crazy talk because a lot of things that I, I make uh, will never see the light of day. So it might just say, like you know, I'm 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 uh, I'm building an elevator to Mars. <laughs> that's what it would sound like.
2: That sounds more like something the president might say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true. Although he doesn't even uh, understand exactly what Mars is, but. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we are, I like to apologize. Do most of your thirty listeners are they in the u k?
1: Yes, yeah.
0: on behalf of the Americans, let me apologize on for my president. Uh, <laughs> hes is an embarrassment to us all, so we're 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 trying to we're trying to take care of that situation oh, but been... uh,
2: we've got we've got Boris. We've got our own problems. It's
0: a bit yeah. of a mess over here as well. That's true. It's uh, I don't know why fascism is suddenly popular, but we'll see. <laughs> Um, uh, but uh, no, I mean, I've got I've got animated shows that I'm developing that I can't really talk about. I've got uh, shows with with uh, uh, celebrities, you know, art, actors that I'm not. I can't really um, that may may or may come to fruition. But it sounds like me. To, uh, my, my, there's my wife talking. Wife. I've got an incredible wife. Say it louder. So. You have an incredible wife. There you go. <laughs> um,
1: Behind every great man.
0: That's my wife, the writer uh brown mandel she's a writer she's from Fr- she wrote on friends yeah, oh, so wow. if you have a podcast about friends you should call her
2: right we're taking that as a binding contract so we'll give you an email soon
0: okay
1: um right well we'll, we'll let you go then thanks Joey we've, we've taken up so much of your time thanks so much for talking to us thank you yeah thank you so much
0: all right good talking to you guys all right take
1: thanks
2: care. Bye. bye all right bye bye